0: Uh, I was the, the consummate gray man at that point. And I used that reference like, well, you know, Jared's very young, doesn't have a lot of experience, but he did great on this. And I used that as the gold nugget in my arsenal that I had, like I've done this. And it just led to another thing and another thing and another thing, because the industry talks. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine. The number one source of information on protection matters. The industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game.
1: Succeeding in EP as a grey professional. Today, John Moss and myself are delighted to be talking to Jared Van Driesch, a cornerstone of the EP and risk management ecosystem, particularly in the States. We're very excited about this topic, mainly because many people seem to have a problem being grey. Uh, do they not, John?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's one angle. I would also say that there's another side to it as well, where some professionals have trouble being anything but grey. And I, I think we can, uh, this isn't really a generalisation, but we can look at it. Uh, as protectors who are perhaps of a generation old enough to be considered pre-internet and certainly pre-social media, of which I am myself, and also uh, of a law enforcement or military background. And the reason I say that is because anyone who's come into the security industry from one of those backgrounds probably comes loaded with... uh, almost like a default setting towards secrecy, towards uh, retention, you know, of of your own personal information, very, very good data hygiene uh, to, you know, sometimes the point of paranoia. And I would say that if there's any issue with these people and the grey man, it is that sometimes they can be too grey and therefore too reserved and maybe miss out on some opportunities. Whereas, you know, if we juxtapose that with you know the the flip of that which would be you know potentially again a generalization but a younger audience who've grown up with social media and perhaps don't come from one of those you know institutional establishments and come directly into the security industry where maybe you know they've hustled They've promoted themselves on social media. They they do a lot of uh, their networking and connections on the internet. And for these people, it might be a lot more difficult to
1: uh, wear the grey man costume. Not enough grey or too grey, I suppose. I suppose that is one of the facets we can sort of talk to Jared about. And and I guess you know you mentioned maybe a new generation of people who have promoted themselves, hustled uh one business by promoting themselves. And, and and maybe there is a happy medium between getting your name out there, a name out there, and operational secrecy. It, it, they're, they're not the same thing, are they, John?
2: No, I, I would agree with that. And I also think that, you know, there's something to be learned from both sides. I think as a default, I mean, and not because maybe because I am of that generation that I refer to i would say the safer side is to be on the grayer side and certainly that's the approach that i've always taken but i know myself you know i'm i might if I, if i was to you know be really critical of myself looking at my own career i would say maybe i've been guilty sometimes of being too reserved and i would say i i've seen in perhaps younger operators and sometimes people who i think are a bit more adventurous shall we say you know that certain things work out for them that i wouldn't have chose you know to to go that way simply because you know i i default to that safer gray mode so yeah i i think there's something to be learned on on both sides of the coin now
1: and mastering it is therefore what we need to do or at least what we need to uh, hope to try and achieve through a chat with uh jared van Dries, who is a uh, a very successful uh ep o- operator and and therefore we assume a, a master of uh being too great not enough great we'll we'll, we'll, f- we'll flesh it out with him don't 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 you worry um we've got to we've got to uncover this uh it's it's only going to get bigger as more and more people uh, strive to promote themselves especially in this uh, economic climate so uh, let's get into it with jared van drish and operating successfully as an ep professional who's also potentially a grey professional
0: and now let's meet one of the contributors to the circuit magazine
1: Mastering the Gray Professional Mindset. Today, Elijah Shaw and myself are delighted to be speaking with the one and only Jared Van Driesch, EP and security expert. How are you doing, Jared?
0: I'm so wonderful. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me on your podcast. Um, I am a big fan of uh, Circuit Magazine and everything that you gentlemen do. So it's an honor to uh, finally be here with you.
1: Fantastic. Well, that's that. That's very kind.
3: We, we we were just trying to trying to like warm it up, like have a nice runway right. for you, you know, a body of work, and then, boom. Hey, don't uh,
0: yes, don't uh, tell all my secrets, Elijah. I got uh, a street cred. I'm trying to. Uh, maintain here. <laughs> well, we'll we'll delve into that street cred
1: and 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 of course your your background, uh, you know, with that. But before we do that, let's frame this topic. Um, three quick fire questions the grey professional. Uh, Why is this still a topic? Why are we talking about it? What is the problem that perhaps anyone could try to solve in that area?
0: Well, I think the grey man is something that has been uh, an industry topic for, I don't know, the last 20 years. They recently came out with a real shitty movie called The Grey Man. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, It's on Netflix. (laughs) But ultimately, I I think it's, it's challenging for people to understand how to succeed in the executive protection realm. And so gray man is one of those concepts that is uh, set there to kind of help people uh, experience some success within our industry. And um, I think it's not understood to the aspect of how I think I understand it. Maybe I just don't understand it how everybody else does, but I have my unique spin on it for sure. Okay,
1: fantastic. And 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 we'll get into that. Absolutely. But taking a step back, um, what about you? Where does your uh, passion uh, for EP and potentially being a gray person, I don't know, where does that come from?
0: Well, I I had a very unique childhood in the sense that uh, uh, it it is, my therapist said that I had, I think, the worst physical childhood abuse uh, that she's ever heard of in her 20-year career. So uh, Mm. I feel really proud about that. I'm kidding. Um, But, you know, you turn a negative into a positive. And so, you know, as a kid, I don't think I felt protected or or safe uh, in the way that I would have wanted. And so things have kind of led me down the path to protecting people. And I think from a, a psychologist's point of view, I'd say I, I probably get that really uh, awesome dopamine hit when I, when I protect people and I do something. So uh, I don't think it's necessarily healthy, but uh, being purposely vague, that's... Uh, kind of how I got into this industry I decided it was something I wanted to do when I was 15 years old started working towards that goal at 15 started working at 19 and got got going at 21 you know in the industry so uh yeah and I've done kind of everything there is to do in the security realm I I used to bounce at uh at different clubs in in the Seattle area um and I worked at a hospital I did uniform security and I've traveled the world to more than 80 countries now, and work with the who's who of Hollywood and celebrity entertainment and um, uh, Silicon Valley uh, folks. So that's a, a fast and dirty, rapid fire response, gents.
1: Yeah, no, and thank you for being so candid uh, again with you know your your origins and uh, your experience, and, and 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 maybe we'll have a look at that in in more detail. But uh, but sure. but but thanks for thanks for you know, for of course sharing that. Um, what about? the protector listening, who is on a journey thinking I should be gray or I should be more gray, or, I should be less gray. Um, the uninitiated protector that's not yet solved that balance. Well, what should what should they better understand?
0: Well, you know, I, I like what I tend to like better than the term gray man is social chameleon, and that's something that I have uh, written a lot of articles about. Uh, for example, I used to work with um, a hip hop group and we would travel and and do different shows. And so the way that I would dress and the way that I would speak would be different than when I was traveling with another Grammy award-winning uh, uh, professional um, uh, uh, musician that, that played professional violin. And we would go to these places in Austria where you don't clap and there's a whole etiquette to uh, uh, how many... Um, how many encores the the client's going to do and who claps and who doesn't clap. And do you clap during the set or, or after, and when are the appropriate times and how do you sit and how do you dress? And those are two different worlds. And so understanding that I can't do the shit that I did with, you know, the hip hop group or the rock group that I'm with, I need to, (laughs) I need to understand this classical music realm and, and adjust myself and be the quote-unquote gray man or the social chameleon to blend into that environment. So I am not a misrepresentation of the principal's brand. And that's something that people don't understand at all. So first of all,
3: I, I, I really like where you're taking this. And I'm familiar with a little bit of your perspective. Um, uh, and, and even though we were setting up this topic here, Uh, I was really for it because I knew you were going to offer an opinion that maybe wasn't the norm. Sure. And so even when we're we're talking about uh, social chameleon Mm -hmm. uh, and you use that great illustration, because I do agree with that, but I guess I'd like to start saying like that there seems to be a school of thought in some circles that there's only one way to perform protective services Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think just from the onset, those that don't know you, the listeners would see that you probably don't subscribe to that. No, like, no. you know, what's what's your outlook on this piece here?
0: Well, I think it all depends on risk profile, depends on the client. I mean, we can have all the best ideas on the planet as to how security needs to be or where the principal needs to sit, what the principal needs to do but ultimately the principal says, "Nah, I don't want that or I want this." And so you have to adapt and you yeah. have to overcome and um, a lot of people don't get that. When, you know, I've conducted training and and uh, Elijah, I know you've done a lot of training with folks and uh, a lot of times you'll work with new uh, agents and you'll you'll be playing the role of the principal and you'll sit in the front seat and they're like, "Sir, no, you need to sit in the back." I'm like, "Oh, you're, so you're going to say that to your billionaire client or the, the most famous entertainers in the world. No, you would not. And so they don't understand that concept because they haven't been in that world. And so, you know, there's kind of, there's, there's book smarts and there's street smarts, and you're not going to learn everything sure. that we do from a book or from a class. You have to experience some of that. And, you know, doing this over 20 years, you know, there are some things there that I've learned and mistakes that I've made. So yes.
3: Yeah, absolutely um I I agree I you know I always think about the the piece like you said when you talk about use the example of jumping in the front seat I always use the example of the client you know opening their own door and getting out of the car it's like what are you going to put them back in the car yeah. and say no you you can't do that it's not safe and it's you know there's this real world in this textbook so to, to to your point there yeah um so I guess along those lines did you develop that perspective or it was it kind of like a trial and error piece? Like, did you did you set out to reinvent the wheel? Well, or what
0: know? I under what I understand, and you know, training and everything when you're a new age, and everybody says, be a gray man, be a gray man. And that's because you can't teach social emotional intelligence to a lot of people. Like, if you're an incel, do you know what an incel is? It's somebody who's involuntarily celibate, meaning they couldn't that's get the laid right. in a morgue if they tried. They have no personality, they have no no anything. And mm-hmm. so it works for those people that. Are a little bit more rigid and understanding it's a good mold uh to kind of put somebody like be the gray man and then see how they do with that and then figure out how to uh let them thrive when the training wheels are off and so what I noticed is yes the gray man is uh a tried and true and something that's talked about for years but certain clients are like man I can we just talk or can you know we chit chat or can you you know show me that you're a human being and you know Mm -hmm. and and being smart enough to understand when they say hey jared good morning how you doing i'm not going off about how my dog is sick and my my kid has a wrestling tournament or whatever it is it's understanding the gift of gab and understanding what to give and what not to give and sometimes it is a slippery slope so people say be the gray man be the gray man the other point Mm -hmm. i have too is You know, if you're working with a client that are what I call fashion plates or, you know, people that make their money by dressing a certain way and having a certain style, I can't take that gray man style and stand next to them without ruining their brand. And I've had clients that have had um, endorsement deals with Puma or endorsement deals with Nike. Well, guess what? When I'm working with the client that has the endorsement deal with Nike, I can't be wearing some Pumas. Because
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's their brand, people just don't understand that. that that's a concept. Or, or even some even some hard bottles, yes, you know. Yes, you know if you're yeah. wearing those hospital shoes, like that doesn't work. Or you, you're wearing, uh, you know, uh, some shit you got at Sears or Macy's that that uh, you know your grandpa wears. It's not going to look good uh, next to the starlit or next to the movie star that actually understands fashion. You know, sure. Which is, you know that's a good
3: segue into this next piece here. Cause you know, just that illustration there, that's if you, if you take, you know, for instance, a celebrity client, that's a, that's a high profile individual. And, you know, sometimes people think, well you have these discussions about high profile and low profile and everything trends towards low profile. However, there's some clients that you need to be more overt than covert. Am I right with this? Oh yeah.
0: I mean, uh, the thing that they don't want to say or the industry doesn't, say is, you know, like the EP industry is unfair in the sense that, uh, if you're good looking, you're probably going to have more opportunities. People don't talk Mm -hmm. about that. Uh, you know, if you're big and you have muscles and you have a a presence that there's a niche for that and, 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 and you're going to be, uh, have some success. But if you're somebody that doesn't know how to dress or doesn't know how to speak, or maybe you're not the best looking person on the planet. And it's not like I'm not a, a model by any means. Um, but well, well by, by some yeah means. By, by some <laughs> means yes uh, in 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 my own mind right when I look in the mirror and I had a, a you know a good night's sleep in the morning I, I feel I feel like hey maybe maybe I'm doing pretty good here but ultimately I mean we've seen it Elijah I know you've seen that directly where a clients like yeah uh, get this Jared guy out of here and you're like why well you know he's five foot five and you know he's got love handles. And it's not the representation of, of who I want standing next to me or whatever it is, right. It could be, he's got a weird eye or a twitch or, you know, this long hair that comes out of his nose, whatever it is, but this is an industry like, uh, the entertainment industry in general, where looks are are important and it is a skill or it's not a skill, but it, it is a tool. So if you have it, you might as well use it you know like Elijah you're not a bad looking dude i mean if uh if you were an ugly guy you probably would not have been in confessions uh, uh <laughs> really going to bring that yeah, up Yeah, bro? of course <laughs> of course um so i think there's a lot of misconceptions about that and misconceptions about about how, you know how to go about this and i'm sure there's people that'll disagree with me and i think that's fine too i have no problem uh defending my position of, of the the lens of the or the window that I look out of on, on the plane that I'm flying, right?
1: I think this is quite interesting, especially for the newer professional, because they might assume when we say great man, woman, professional person, when we say that, maybe we're talking about discreet, plain vanilla. And you've brought in a whole new dimension to it, because I suppose... <laughs> it's 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 not that it's right or wrong because there's one. Are you sharing operational intelligence about your client? That's probably bad. But are you visibly part of the entourage? That's a whole new question. And I think I think that dynamic people don't really really get. Um so so for the new operator, now obviously we've got lots of operators listening, you know, new long in the tooth, uh, you know, international. For the new operator, how can they start to balance that because there's there's always going to be a drive to try and impress, try and get a new job anyway because you might be a solo operator. So you you want to leverage one job to get the next. You can't use, you know, your client's name, but you could dress the part and then you want to take Instagram pictures. How, how are they to navigate that?
0: Yeah, I you know, typically if I've never worked with a principal for before principal before and they don't know me or, or know my reputation I tend to take more of a gray man approach and I try to read the room uh, quickly to figure out what style uh, that they're interested in I'll give you an example I had one client that uh, at that at, at that time it was one of the biggest people on television a uh, big television show and did a lot of controversial topics and so he would get nervous all the time and he would want to talk he hated having you know, quiet time. And so he would talk about baseball and I could give a fuck about baseball. I don't like baseball. I don't understand it. I could name like three players in baseball and it's like Babe Ruth and maybe Barry Bond. (laughs) I'm struggling for a third.
1: Randy Um, Johnson.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. It could be anybody. So um, I understood that this was his thing and this was his comfort. So what I would do is the night before I would uh, back when people would read newspapers i would you know read the newspaper and get the stats on how the the mets played and what you know how many rbis or hits or whatever and so i could kind of like chat and bullshit with the principal a little bit on something that was just topical and it made the principal comfortable and then in turn allowed me to kind of blend in, into that environment now i wasn't forcing the conver- conversation and let me just say if you can avoid having a conversation with the principal, I would say do that. But sometimes it's warranted, and there's other times you'd be with the principal. I remember driving through, you know, the, the uh, you know the mountain, the, the the Alps, the Swiss Alps, with a client, and not saying a word to each other for like four hours in the car, and you're just like, oh my god, this is so weird, but. That's the style and and what the client wanted. He wanted absolute silence and the other client wanted to talk about baseball. So understanding that it was my job, it's always our job in this industry to to figure out how we make it most comfortable and effective for the principal, not try and force my shit onto their shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And do I have my own personality? Do I like to say a lot of four letter words and jokes and all of that? Yes, I do. But- i know when to lock that on and when to lock it out you know lock it out and a lot of times it's uh it, it you know it it can be challenging and it's not easy and it, it's hard it's hard for a lot of people and that's why uh there's not a lot of people that have long standing uh success in this industry if you look at it it's kind of the same players over and over again if somebody's made it 3 4 5 years it's like wow this person's probably going to be there sure. down the road
3: so what i find interesting about that is <clears throat> you know the the circuit podcast is a security podcast and and we uh, lean heavily towards the executive protection side and this conversation you know we're we're deep into it and while we're talking about executive protection we're not talking about guns or drop kicks you know the, this this piece here the mindset piece uh the and and the ability to maintain a relationship with the client that keeps you working, you know, so that way you can be in the industry for more than just one assignment, one more than just one detail, you know, more than a month. And when the client needs something, they go, no, no, I, I want that guy. I want Jared back on 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 the team, so that that they're championing for, they're championing themselves for you, uh, and their staff is championing and other members of the detail. And that's all, like that's part of the protection work. That's part of the training that we need. And you know, obviously that's not as sexy. And you know the majority of courses aren't going to delve into that, but it's such a vital piece because that's what leads to that, that continuity where, where you continue to get those phone calls. And, and I think to your point is, is that when we start off, it's such an awkward place for us to be in, right? It's like, oh, I'm the new guy on the job, whatever the detail is, like I'm the fucking new guy. Mm-hmm. And and you're there, you're like, do I talk? Do I not talk? Do I do I act friendly? Do I act standoffish? But those initial impressions, if we can't get over that learning curve, you know, we end up writing it out for whatever the extent of that is, and then you might not get the phone call the next time. So it's it's being able to
0: navigate those spaces. And and we're not we're not always successful. I've had some fucking failures, man. I had <laughs> one client that I just had the hardest time relating to, and the client the only thing I could relate to him was talking about beautiful women. Like he was, you know, Mm -hmm. all about them ladies. And so that was the only topic that I could discuss with him. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we were talking about beautiful women at at one point and I made a joke. I said, yeah, when you're an ugly guy, like you and me, you know, we got to try harder. We're not, you know, pretty like these ladies. And he looked at me and goes, what do you mean? I'm not ugly. And I was like, damn." Like fuck! I'm joking. Yeah. Like how yeah. I get this. I go, yeah. well, wouldn't it be weird if I said you were a good-looking guy, and it was like bomb, bomb, bomb? I just totally insulted. <laughs> just kept digging him. at home. Huh? Like yeah, that was a relationship that ended. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. there's there's other times where I've, I've had great successes with clients. You know, like I had a client who would travel everywhere, uh, and we would we would work maybe you know twenty like you know. 21 days in a row, and we'll be country to country. And then, uh, you know, we, we would, it would just be for months and months. I mean, I, I was o- almost 300 days a, a year on the road. And he kept telling me like I was a, uh, we had a good rapport and, and, and everything. And I wouldn't recommend this, but I'm just going to share it with, with the group because that's who I am. And so we would travel everywhere. And every time we go to Israel, I'd say, Jared, you know, like you got to get rid of your phone. You got to get a new phone because there's they're tracking it or blah, 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 blah. And you know, you're know, you tired, and you're on the road. And, you know, I'm like a lowly agent at this point. Like, I don't, I don't have that much money. I can't get a new cell phone <laughs> every time I go. So I, I finally uh, joked with the boss and I said, well, you know, if they're super interested in seeing the dick pics that I send to my wife, then they're more than welcome to hack my phone. And he just kind of looked at me and had this guttural laugh, and we laughed about it. And it was uh, an amazing relationship with the principal that I that I have, and and has continued for years now. Would uh, I tell anybody to do that in a school or that I was teaching? No. Uh, was it probably the smartest decision that I made? No. But human, and so sometimes uh, not everything is black and white. Sometimes it's gray. Sometimes it's not right. So. I don't know if that helps you guys but
3: no for sure you know and you know what i think you know part of that is it it, you know one one of the things i like about you is is you're pretty unfiltered um and but it 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 gives perspective because i like to think that you know obviously there's a training component but there's an experience component that comes to something And, and part of experience is that trial and error some stuff works some stuff doesn't but our individual experiences are kind of colored by our backgrounds. Sure. So, so we'll bring in some type of baggage, you know, good, good stuff or, or bad stuff, but we'll bring that to the detail. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it'll work, you know, with, you know, you and your teammates and, and you and the protectee and and sometimes it doesn't, but when it works, I mean, use that to your advantage.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. You you know, you got to use, use everything that you can. And, and, and you know what, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You know, my, uh, frankness and openness and everything has uh, allowed me a lot of professional success but it's also been probably my greatest hindrance and understanding that mm-hmm. that you know the sword cuts both ways so uh, and we're not all perfect and that's the shit that is annoys me about our industry is this like wannabe tough guy thing where we can't show vulnerability or we can't be honest about shortcomings or fuck-ups or anything it's like we got to be the alpha we got to be uh, better, you know, we got to hate on everybody, and you know what? I probably fell into that trap too early in my career. I'm not the same person at 40 as I was when I was 20, and you know, um it kind of is what it is. So, so
1: those yeah. 20 year olds, then I, I know I keep on going back to it because you know I just feel I feel I feel for new entrants. Okay, I, I, I've you're you're well, for the, the youth. youth, yeah, the youth. Um, I feel I feel for the You know, <laughs> the youth of today. Um, I feel that. They have to navigate how to be a butler, how to be a bag handler, how to be a grey professional, how to be charismatic when it's appropriate. When the guardrails have been let off, the you know the the you know they've been let free, but they also have an inclination to take a selfie up against. Um, I'm thinking of one particular person. They have an inclination to take a selfie up against a an innocuous background, a leafy green bush, mm-hmm. and then they get done. Someone says. You're giving the game away. You're telling us uh, where 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 your principle is, and and they're 100 not, or they have in their own time done two camera pieces to talk about whatever they like, okay. But then they clamp down. You work for me. You don't do any social media posts, even about your teeth whitening. <laughs> yeah. Um. It it sounds like a tough mission for them. Um. Do you think it's tough? And if it is, how can they navigate that?
0: Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, you know, you're going to have all the gate. There's so many gatekeepers in this fucking industry where it's the old dogs and they don't like to, to have anything new or anything different in regards to this is the way that it's done, Sonny Jim. And this is what we did back in 79, you know, and and so they don't understand the new uh, the new realm or the new world, so to speak, of um, executive protection And, um, you know, I'm not the selfie guy. Do I have a ton of pictures on my computer that I could pull up and show you an ego file? Yeah, we all have an ego file on our computers of uh, shit that we've done. Um, But I would say you really have to know, one, are you working for yourself? Are you working for somebody else? And so if you're working for yourself, you have more leeway and freedom to do what you think is right. Now we have different, different definitions of right. I'm not one that typically will disclose who I've worked for, who my principals are, um, because I kind of look at, look at it as it's, it's, it's uh, when you work with me, it's, you know, it's like going to Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I'm paid to keep my mouth shut. and And that's part of the you know to use a hokey term, the samurai code of what it is we do. I don't share secrets and stuff regarding uh principles. But I think that there's a whole different uh group of young folks. I don't know, was it Gen is it Generation Z? Is that the young, young ones? Yeah, Gen Z. Yeah. yeah. So the Gen Z, you know, they've grown up, you know, with smartphones. You know, I'm not that young and I'm not that old, but we didn't have smartphones when I was in high school. So uh now there's a different culture of it. And so it also depends on what the reason is for, for sharing information. Sometimes it's clout or to try and, you know, bolster uh, getting women or, or whatever it is. But I, I think, I think there, people don't understand how uh, that can last forever if they're posting things online. And again, depends on the client, certain clients don't care. And you know, I remember ten years ago or fifteen years ago, it used to be like you always have to wear a suit and tie when you're doing corporate. Well, what about Silicon Valley, where your your uh, your principals are in board shorts and t-shirts and sneakers? You know what I mean, and hoodies. So the old, I agree. You know that whole old adage it dies. It's not it's not relevant mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, I think the the industry evolves. Yeah,
3: and everyone has to evolve or we're going to go the way of the dinosaur with that said though i think they're best practices that are timeless mm-hmm. and and then the last part i'd ask to that is that there's cause and effect so you know even in a situation where you're posting a picture that you might think is harmless if the person that's the check writer feels a different way they're entitled to that feeling sure you know so it cause and effect so you know, and 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 if you make it to a certain part of your career where you can like, hey, I can do what I want, you're entitled to whatever opinions you want to have. You're you know, whatever political beliefs, religious beliefs, all those things, uh, and you can incorporate that into your protective operations to whatever degree works for you. But for the person that's writing the check, they get to set the terms. And one of the things you mentioned earlier was, that our industry isn't fair. You know, it's it's not where you can just open up the code book and go, uh, see this line right here? Yeah, you violated this code. It's subjective based off of whoever's in the position of authority. No, it's not fair, but there's a reality to that.
0: Yeah, like I think there's that saying, it's like wear the wrong shoes on the wrong day, you're out. And it's it, it can be anything. Anything that you can do. And it. it doesn't be, mean fa- be fair. And you can have the greatest guy in the world uh, 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 ever on your team that's the most amazing advanced person, but it's just a personality thing. Or, like, I just don't like that dude's mm-hmm. energy. Well, he's not working. Doesn't mean that he's, uh, you know, not a good person. And uh, that's tough. It's tough to take losses, it's tough to take L's. Mm-hmm. And it takes a certain personality to be able to overcome those L's, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why the industry is is uh is still a niche industry it's hard
3: yeah it's it's not it's not supposed to be easy yeah. um but i think sometimes the the perception is is that the only hard parts are the 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 tactical stuff like running and gunning but it's the you know hard parts are just that those social dynamic pieces you know navigating that space
0: okay so i'm a i'm a poor white boy that grew up in alaska the first time I was on a, a private jet, you know, with a gold toilet and 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 sink. I get on the I get on the airplane. I'm losing my fucking mind. Like this is the most amazing shit ever, right? I get on the plane. I act like I've been there a thousand times, but I'm like having to look at people. Like how the fuck do these seatbelts work? I don't know what how the fuck the seatbelt works. You know what I mean? And 100, yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, uh, and um. It, it, that's a that's a you can succeed or you can fail you know if i'm too much of a fan when i get on that jet then it's like ah what are you what are you doing here young lad you're not you're not meant to be in my uh in my orbit so it's like Mm -hmm. i've been on there a thousand times mean meanwhile in in my inside like holy shit the toilet is gold you know (laughs) wild
3: yeah that's amazing bro And and I guess maybe that's that's a, that's a great segue to like the last question I have for you, which is, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, um, I, I I admire you because you know your shit, but at the same time you're not pretentious with it, in my opinion. Um, so how do you balance operating at a high level in the craft with not letting it go to your head? You know, you that 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 jet that was new to you years and years ago, now it's a common occurrence. So, so you know, so how do you, again, not, you know, where it's like, hey man, you know, you can be the shit without everyone knowing you the shit. So how do you find that balance? How do you
0: strike that right? Chord? Well, I don't know. I, I'm like the anti-tough guy, tough guy, if it makes any sense. I'm not the one that is, uh, I'm not the stereotypical alpha guy. I feel like life has crushed me many, many times. And so I, I I try to be really cognizant of, okay, this hurts right now. Like I'm at a super low remember what this is like. And when you're riding high, I also know that there's peaks and valleys in this world. And, uh, for a long time, I was pretty fucking arrogant and because I had a lot of early success and so it did go to my head and I was a total fucking prick. And then I had some missteps and I had some failures and that certainly was a wake up call for me. And I've always tried to do my best and I've always tried to, to, have integrity, but I certainly, there was some arrogance there. So I think it's just, I'm a little bit longer in the tooth now, and I have scars on my body and scars on my soul, uh, for the sake of using a term I don't believe in. Um, that remind me of those things. And so, um, and the other thing that I, that I always remembered, I remember trying to get into this industry and I remembered how hard it was and how people wouldn't take me serious. And I reached out to everybody. and was like, Hey, can I take you out to coffee and bend your ear? And then, you know, people were like, yeah, yeah, fuck you kid. And then I remember 10 years later, people wanting to take me out to coffee. And I'm like, you remember that shit like 10 years ago? And you wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. I remember. that. Mm. Um, So I I think it's just experience, man. And I wish I could, Mm. you know, getting a little bit older, I, I wish we could take these young cats and be like, hey, man, cut out with this macho shit. You're not the biggest. You're not the baddest. There's always somebody that can whoop your ass and always somebody that has more experience. And so it's like this, you know, touting of resume or whatever. And I don't know. I think life, I think life has beat me down and, and that's why I'm better with it. And I have been in the past.
3: No, I, I think that's a great answer. Cause I think, you know, if, if I had to guess or I had to just turn the question back on myself, it's, it's from those life experiences. So it's a process, you know, You're like you, like you, you so humbly mentioned that there was a point where you were a dick, yeah. you know, and a lot of people can't acknowledge that, but it was, it was, it was growth. It was evolution. So, Yo, uh, kudos, man. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, one, you you've got perspective, and even though you mentioned the peaks and valleys, I, I I like to think that we're not in the valley right now. And then and then the other thing is that you're just, you know, you're honest enough and open enough to share with other people because somebody listening to this is gonna be like, is gonna be able to take a jewel away from it, and hopefully that helps their career. So kudos
0: yeah well thank you i appreciate uh your response to uh my answer and you
1: know just as an observation you've done all of this whilst remaining operationally gray had to get that in you know, there huh? so you, you know what i mean like I, i'm just tying it back to the you know the gray person thing because i think a lot of people say well how am i going to promote myself well there's a lot of things you can talk about right? you can talk about your oh. your hobby you can talk about a whole bunch of other things,
0: sure, I, you know listen, how I got my start, I was bouncing, and then I was like super young, I'm like, please put me on this detail, let me do it. I mean, the industry talks, and so it was like i I meant my first detail was like a strike detail, like some mass firing in Michigan or something, some corporate downsizing, and I'm like i gotta I gotta kill this thing, and I remember I went to go and rent a car. I was too young to rent a car because in in America at that time, I don't know what it is now because I don't look at that, but you had to be like 23 or 25 Mm -hmm. to rent a car. And I had to like hustle to get the rental car. Like, Oh no, work is flying me out here. It's not me renting it. And then, so I'm like, this is embarrassing. I can't tell my boss. I could barely get a rental car. And so I went and I did the job and I did the best that I could. I didn't self-promote myself. I didn't stick out. I didn't try and, uh, make relations with the, the principal or whatever it was like, I serve the master. And that was a person that hired me. And so I used that in the sense of just give me a good reference. Can I use you as a good reference? And so that person, uh, I was the the consummate gray man at that point. And I used that reference like, well, you know, Jared's very young. Doesn't have a lot of experience, but he did great on this. And I use that as the fucking gold nugget in my arsenal that I had, like I've done this and it just led to another thing and another thing and another thing because the industry Mm -hmm. talks and it's like, well, I work with Jared. He's either Mm -hmm. a prick or he's not, or he did a good job or he didn't. And so that should always, in my opinion, if you're starting out, that should be your calling card. Did you serve your your client the way that it needed? Did you you promote the company in the way that the company wanted uh, you to promote them since they put you on? Um, those are the those are the small things. Lay the the tracks of the train in the right way, and then you're gonna get in the the direction, the tracks will be laid, and then the train will be going down the track and you'll have a ton of success, but it's just it's really doing a good job in the beginning and 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 being responsible and uh responsive. So hopefully that that answers your question.
1: Absolutely. Fantastic. And that was inherently soundbite worthy. I'm definitely going to cut that up and put it on the front of this episode. I think that is a nice nugget. Um, but yes, this question will never go away, but it's wonderful to uh, have a fresh perspective from yourself. Obviously, wealth of experience. Uh, it's, 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 Probably uh, uh, the best type of podcast on this uh, that we've had, and it's wonderful to you know be here with Elijah. Obviously, I am Mister Generalist, so this is fascinating for me as well. Um, so the the uh, the 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 grey professional, I love it as a topic, but I think it is absolutely done. Uh, you know, you've done it. You've done it uh, a lot of justice. Um, all right my uh, sycophantic rant over <laughs> thank you very much for joining us um this has been another fantastic edition of the circuit magazine podcast
0: jared thanks for coming out thank bro. you thank you for having me my
1: pleasure well thank you very much jared van i think that was excellent but it also took the debate in many different directions uh, most notably being gray with your professional uh, i'm back with john moss uh john how was that for you
2: yeah well it's interesting i think you know that's not necessarily the angle that we were anticipating so much but it's it's interesting nonetheless and it's certainly um it, it's one that we were of course familiar with and i think uh for lack of any other term we probably just branded it under the banner of professionalism but then professionalism is so broad in itself isn't it that maybe it, it there is a place for actually taking it and dropping it into the whole grey man. Um, certainly, if you're looking for a, a shortcut to remembering things and uh, Maybe that's a good way to do it.
1: Yeah, because it speaks to a service mindset as well, doesn't it? And I, I can, I can, you know, imagine an episode of Downton Abbey where you know the staff are flies on the wall; they're discreet, they're they're not opinionated. Um, but uh, but equally, when you can judge that the time is right, you can open up. Um, maybe there will never be a right time to open up, but 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 surely that's a, a good way of looking at the grey professional as well.
2: Yeah I think so you know and the the only thing that I I think initially I kind of hesitated over is I think there is if we go back to let's call it the traditional view of the the gray person and what we refer to in the intro then there's definitely times when it's right to be gray and there's some times when you can be shall we say less gray Uh, depending on you know where you're at in your career the you know objectives like for instance when you move on to being a business owner and stuff like that however when it comes to your interactions with the principal, and particularly when it's a new principal and you're starting out you're building that rapport you you know you're getting to know where the boundaries are I think you know, almost always the level of professionalism remains the same. You know, your approach, the boundaries don't change. You have to feel that out. You have to, you know, be very delicate with that. Uh, Well, maybe you don't. You know, maybe that's, maybe your mindset is, you know, this is who I am. If I'm not the right protector for you, maybe it's better that we both learn that sooner you know i mean that's you know that's that's an approach for some perhaps
1: yeah and and i suppose it depends how seasoned you are or how financially secure you are even um because uh you know you could you could really um lose lose some work or perhaps you'd get the best ever you know, client ever. Who knows? Um, But but I like that. Balancing being a great professional outside with being a great professional inside. Maybe not both at the same time. How do you promote yourself? How do you win business? Um, and, I, and I think many people will know of an example where someone has overstepped in sharing. But actually, also, there are some examples of people uh, new in their career who have shared something that's 100% not revealing anything about anything, but they still got into uh, difficulties about it. So mm, it's still it's it's still a gray area.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it, it's really interesting what you just said because I think for a lot of us, when you're starting out in your career, the way that you become uh, a, a, as a more seasoned professional is often by the experiences and the influences you have, you know, when you're first coming into the industry because, you know, a, a good protector – You know would be looking to their more experienced counterparts to see how they handle situations and i think you know most for the for most of us we learn our biggest lessons from the mistakes that both we make and that we see others make so i think often our boundaries become uh get defined by those experiences those formative experiences
1: and talking about formative experiences, um, <laughs> I'm doing a segue, um, it's uh, it, it's going to be lovely to see so many of the BBA, NABA and uh, Circuit Magazine readership and community at uh, our CP Tech Forum on the 26th of January. Uh, I, are you, are you going to be there, John?
2: I certainly am. I, I wouldn't miss it. It's one of the uh, first dates, the first events that I mark in my calendar, not only because it lands in January, which I think is very strategic. Uh, But but no, it it has certainly become one of the most enjoyable events and one that I get one of the greatest ROIs on.
1: And we... You know, I I'm, mean, I'm obviously very, very pleased you you say that. Um, uh, I hope you're not just saying because I'm here. Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think it is it is a labor of love, and we have a lot of international colleagues coming this time, uh, from the states, from Germany, from Sweden. Uh, somebody said South Africans are coming over. If you are, please, please do let me know. Um, and uh, and 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 I think there's 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 been a wider interest from some of the diplomatic corps, which I think I think speaks to what we're trying to achieve. Um, and that, and that, of course, is on the 26th of uh, January in in London, Grand Corner Rooms. Um, but we just dropped out uh, uh, the latest edition of the Circuit Magazine. What can people hope to uh, see there? And I think you might have created a, a, a sort of a video on our YouTube channel lately.
2: Yeah, there's, if, if you want a closer look at what's inside magazine, Go to the Circuit Magazine YouTube channel, as you said, and there's a video there which is a bit of a flyover. You know, you'll quickly see pretty much the majority of the magazine in in about a minute. Uh, but no, it it's packed. It's a really really good issue. We've got fantastic contributions from uh, Danita and Chris Grow. We've got Christian Zerkowitz. We we've got we got so much in there. We've got two medical features in this issue. James Ball with his uh, usual cybersecurity fundamentals. We've got uh, lessons for protectors on your observational skills. Um, Yeah, there's so much in there. So much.
1: And so, obviously, if you're already a subscriber because you're listening to the podcast, uh, great, uh, but, uh, you know, An ask is that if you're not yet a subscriber to the magazine, please uh, do subscribe because it is uh, well worth it. We are bringing the pages of the magazine to life in our audio format here on the podcast, but uh, it wouldn't uh, be possible without the fantastic magazine itself. So please do uh, make a subscription, a New Year's resolution. That could be your New Year's subscription. Why not? but uh, but apart from that, keep all of the comments coming. Keep the BBA Connect app as lively as you have been, especially over this uh, wonderful January season, as well as the NABA Connect app as well, the Protector app. Um, from John and myself, it's been great to talk to Jared Vandries today. Obviously, a big beast of the industry. And we are very pleased that uh, he was able to give so much of his time uh, talking about great professional success in EP so from John and myself this has been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast
0: you have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode